welcome back to TransUnion's FinTech podcast series. I'm Asia Anwar-Jones and I help run the FinTech team here at TU in the UK. TransUnion are a global information and insights company. In simple terms, we help businesses such as FS companies, utility companies and retailers use our consumer data solutions and software to help them make accurate and reliable decisions. These podcasts are produced to help listeners better understand the ever-changing data and technology landscape. With me today is our Managing Director for UK Consumer Markets, Kelly Fielding, and VP of FinTech, Steve Wishart. Welcome both. Let's start with some introductions. Steve, are you okay to introduce yourself first, please? Hi, Asia. My name is Steve Wishart. I lead FinTech in the UK for TransUnion. Uh, FinTech for us encompasses digital banks, payment players, and alternative finance lenders. And Kelly? Hello, Asia. I'm Kelly Fielding. I lead Consumer Interactive for TransUnion here in the UK. We provide tools to organisations that want to support their customers with the financial education and help them make smarter financial decisions. Thanks both. Today's podcast focuses on Generation Z, also known as Gen Z. These are individuals born between 1997 and 2012. Those who fall into this pool may have recently become old enough to access credit or could be very soon. Also, many will have just or will soon be starting university or some form of higher education and may be experiencing for the first time taking on a large financial product in the form of a student loan or even a car loan. Generation Z will soon become the biggest cohort of UK consumers, wielding immense spending power and heavily influencing the direction digital platforms, including fintechs, take. Their attitude to credit can be seen in TransUnion's Q3 2021 Consumer Pulse research. It showed demand for credit is rising for younger consumers. 42% of Gen Z and 34% of millennials plan to apply for credit compared to just 9% of baby boomers. For this youngest demographic who are planning to apply for credit, credit cards remain top of demand, with over one in three looking to apply for a new card, an increase from 26% in Q2. Clearly, fintechs understand this, as we've seen many new players enter into the credit card space. We've also seen a rise in new forms of credit, such as buy now, pay later, and many new types of subscription services that naturally appeal to the younger generations. Trends in the market suggest Gen Z want quick and easy access to credit. They look at brand loyalty from a different perspective, are more open to sharing personal data, and perhaps have a different take on what constitutes as ownership. Like others, they will have to consider several areas when applying for credit, but with the added impact of having limited experience and starting from scratch in most cases. Steve, in these unusual times, what do you think Gen Zers are looking for from brands in general? And how do you think businesses are serving them? So I guess businesses need to consider what does their brand mean to their consumers. You know, being commercially attractive isn't the only decision making like it used to be. Uh, companies must appear on a social level and a personal level. That's really important to Gen Zers. Um, they're indicating that they need, they need trust uh, in the businesses that they work with. So they need to believe in their ethos and buy into it. You know, that could be sustainability, education, or social impact. You know, I guess on the same hand, it's extremely hard to achieve brand loyalty amongst younger generations. To build trust, they need to feel emotionally invested in the organizations that they work with. You know, we know that they're financially savvy and confident with technology. They're happy to move between brands. So fintechs need to focus on how they maintain traction with the Gen Z audience. This leads to another key area, which is, you know, innovation. Gen Zers have grown up, you know, with a time with technology and digitization exploded. We've seen the use of biometrics, AI, digital experiences. Now, they become everyday technology now, and it raises expectations. Gen Z does expect innovation, both in the digital and financial services that they sign up to. 
I guess the final key point is convenience, where ease and pace of adoption is really important. They want slick, frictionless journeys, and that's a place where fintechs have excelled in the past and other industries have tried to emulate. There's also less obvious areas that we need to think about as well and pay attention to. And that's about you know how complicated these offerings are. So if you take a very sophisticated offering to market, that's great. But you know, the, the ease of adoption and Genza doesn't need to understand what areas that's in front of them. Otherwise, they'll just switch to something that's more convenient. I think overall, brands need to be authentic, straightforward, helpful, and offer something substantial to build their base and keep their customers loyal. Kelly, you and your team do a lot of work with lenders on educating their customers on credit. Picking up on Steve's point that businesses need to be authentic and straightforward to appeal and build trust to Gen Zers, how important is it to help educate this group on the impact of the credit they are applying for and on credit in general? And who does this responsibility sit with? I think it's extremely important. Credit scoring is a really complex subject and, and broadly speaking, there's a lack of understanding across all age groups. But it's especially important for Gen Z because, as you mentioned earlier, these guys are new to credit. They suddenly have a wealth of opportunity opened up to them through access to credit. And that brings with it a new responsibility to make sure that they manage their finances sensibly and sustainably. So educating this generation is key to helping them make the right decisions. And hopefully it will help them impact their life for the better. Given that TransUnion's consumer pulse research showed 42% of Gen Z surveyed intend to apply for credit in the near future, this makes education even more critical. In terms of who's responsible for the education, our research showed that consumers actually expect a lender to provide this support. And I think that's a view that's shared by the FCA. So the FCA, as you know, regulates the, the UK financial services industry, and they've provided guidance to firms on creditworthiness and the fair treatment of customers. And lenders are expected now to undertake proportionate creditworthiness assessments, which considers both credit risk and affordability for the consumer. We at TransUnion want to play a part in that too. We've issued a lot of educational content, including our Credit Scores Explained Guide, which is available to download for free from our website. And we're using that in our Education in Schools programme that we're rolling out at a local level in partnership with Leeds United and see a huge potential for that to be rolled out on a larger scale. We have actually seen an increase in credit monitoring by younger generations. Nearly one in two consumers monitor their credit reports on at least a monthly basis, but that increases to 63% for Gen Z. I think this probably relates back to your point earlier that younger generations are digital natives. So these habits are embedded when people start using online banking and finance management tools. But the good news for consumers is that it's so easy now to access credit reports and scores and guidance through services provided by the likes of Credit Karma, Money Supermarket, Totally Money, and of course, lenders themselves who are are adding features to their own platforms all to make the information easy to access and understand. And these are all online and free now. Thanks, Kelly. Steve, it's interesting that such a high level of Gen Z has put credit cards top of their list. We know that consumers that sit in this group have limited credit history, but lenders will still need to aspire to the same creditworthiness checks as with all other groups. What approaches can finance providers take to ensure they are getting it right? Yeah, you know, like all groups really, you know, for banks and lenders, it's vital to understand the Gen Z creditworthiness picture, um, you know, just as established groups in that sense. But I think Gen Zs are a bit unique. You know, their, their sort of credit picture does develop at a faster pace and, and changes where you could argue that other groups may be a bit more static. So for fintechs, this means developing a strategy to manage their portfolios in response to those evolving economic dynamics, the shifts in the consumer behavior, and that increased digital commerce. By focusing on developing stronger 
mutually beneficial relationships with consumers. Lenders need to strengthen their credit awareness approach to bring both immediate and long-term benefits to support their relationship with Generation Z by going beyond traditional data to leverage richer affordability data and trended credit data. They should see more holistic trends and behavior enabling them to deliver a more tailored customer experience that prioritizes both speed and helps them produce more informed decisions. As more and more diverse credit options become available in the market, the data available on Gen Z will exponentially grow, whether it be traditional data or new alternative data sources. What is really important is for fintechs to maintain the relationship with Gen Z. Rather than just be transactional, you know, be one and done, they need to track and assess the credit worthiness in a much more robust way. Getting a better understanding of digital transformation projects and their potential to drive improvements across customer experience and fraud detection can give confidence to strategic decision-making. TransUnion have worked with the Economist Intelligence Unit to demystify some of the technologies that have rapidly become mainstream during COVID-19. To help put you and your business in a stronger position, visit transunion.co.uk forward slash digital consumer trust, where you can access guides, articles and webinars that take a deep dive into super apps, digital wallets and the long-term future of digital interactions. A key consideration of creditworthiness checks is how it complements an overarching customer experience. Gen Z are digital natives and intrinsically place value on customer experience. How do you think they are shaping the development of wider adoption of services such as buy now, pay later and open banking and even contactless payments? Steve, let's start with you. Yeah, so for me, it's clear that you know their adoption is shaping the way we innovate. For open banking, they clearly play a role. You know, for younger customers uh, with limited credit history, they, they need to access appropriate financial products. If you look at open banking's adoption rates in, in the UK um, as a whole, over two and a half million UK customers and businesses use open banking enable products to manage their finances, access to credit and making payments. According to openbanking.org API, core volumes moved from 66.8 million in 2018 to nearly 6 billion in 2020. That's, you know, that's phenomenal growth in a very short time frame. It's an option that's increasingly being offered. You know, it allows customers to securely share data that previously might have been required, you know, to, to share by hard copies or being mailed in the post or having multiple files having to be downloaded via email. It's a clear win for the fintech and the consumer. You know, I think Gen Z in particular are, are really tuned into that value exchange that's on offer. They get that sharing deeper data allows them to access credit quicker, which again, you know, drives convenience. The pace of adoption is also providing rich granular data insights, which at this moment in time are invaluable to lenders. Open banking can clearly add real value to credit worthiness strategies. Embedding open banking in a customer journey may create a few extra clicks but also streamlines the process, allowing customers to share data with third parties during the application process, improving the customer experience by providing faster lending decisions and enabling greater empowerment. As the open finance landscape also evolves, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how much innovation is driven from that as well. So we start bringing pensions into scope, mortgages and other payment solutions. So for me, I think that will drive innovation even faster. In relation to the point around buy now, pay later, you know, we've seen accelerated growth that's been propelled by the pandemic. You know, Gen Z have been fundamental to that. Again, they've been seen as early adopters. Um, but we're also seeing adoption across other demographics as well. You know, it's seen as a very effective tool, particularly by Gen Z to sort of smooth out their cash flow. We've seen that market revolve you know, really fast. We've seen new entrants come in who've matured in other geographies. And we're also seeing established FS players moving into the BMPL space. 
We're also seeing different flavors of those propositions, whether it's just for the merchant-led or app-led. There's clear evidence that it's grown across all segments. The market nearly quadrupled last year alone, with 5 million customers having used that kind of payment since March 2020. You know, in our own data, uh, we've seen 37% of UK consumers have used BNPL products at least once in the last 12 months. And the expectation is that it'll continue to grow, with the sector anticipated to grow by 10 to 15 times in the next five years, which is phenomenal. It's not confined just to the retail industry. You know, consumers can spread their cost across other products and services. You know, we're seeing things like flying our pay later, so it's getting used for holidays and also for bigger ticket items as well. But for me, you know, BNPL could be a ripe area for exploring potential partnerships between fintechs and traditional banks. Thanks, Steve. Some really good insights there, especially on the buy now, pay later sector, which is a hot topic at the moment. Um, Kelly, from your perspective of working with financial service providers to develop richer digital experiences on platforms for consumers, how does Gen Z influence their thinking? Gen Z are a driving force when it comes to innovation. They demand constant stimulation to hold their attention. They want ease of purchase and quick access to products. They expect instant gratification. And I think this all plays a key role in the strategies that businesses adopt to onboard customers and how they develop their products. Importantly, from an innovation perspective, and I think this is why open banking is taking off now, attitudes to sharing personal data have changed and are constantly evolving. And Gen Z are much more willing to share information as long as there's a tangible value exchange. So that could be a slicker journey or a discounted price or pre-approval for a better APR. Just look at how much data we're willing to share with Apple, for example, for you know using fitness apps or with Uber to make booking a taxi a much better and easier experience. I think based on the number of personal financial management tools and account monitoring tools and e-wallets coming into the market, all with really innovative features, lenders need to wake up to this or they'll lose their existing and future customers. Credit education can be a great tool for engagement and done well, it can really help build trust and create loyalty with your customer base. As Steve pointed out earlier, Gen Z are are more likely to be promiscuous when it comes to their financial services providers. So providing a seamless and engaging user experience and empowering them with tools like TransUnion's Credit View and our score simulator, that can be a really powerful tool for conversion and retention. Thanks, Kelly. This leads on nicely to my final question. In this data-rich world, are we heading in a direction where Gen Zers will have more control of their data than ever before? And how do you see them using it in the future? The power has definitely shifted towards the consumer, not only because consent is king, but there's also going to be a huge shift towards decisions being made on the basis of consumer-contributed data. At TransUnion, we believe in information for good, and we look for ways to help consumers improve their financial literacy, to improve financial inclusion in underserved markets, to alert consumers to opportunities or risks. So access to new and alternative sources of accurate and verified data is going to transform our industry. New data sets means more insights to allow lenders to better understand consumer behaviour and allows them to innovate to meet evolving needs in their consumers. Of course, there is a downside to all of this. You know, as more data is shared and more data is stored in more places, it increases the risk of fraud and cybercrime. So in May, we did some research. We found over half of Gen Z had been targeted by fraudsters related to COVID-19 in the three months prior to the research. So from a consumer's perspective, there's a really strong case for monitoring your credit reports and monitoring the presence of data on the dark web, as this is the first sign of of anyone using your data fraudulently. 
Thank you. And thank you both for a riveting and insightful discussion. I know we've only really scratched the surface, but to quickly round off, could I get one key takeaway from each of you, starting with you, Steve? For me, it's evident that Gen Z are, you know, a demanding market to satisfy, but they're also willing to act as early adopters. And I think that's an essential enabler that really helps drive innovation for fintechs and they'll continue to do that. Yeah, I think for me, it's simply that brands need to innovate, to attract, engage and retain customers. Great. Thank you both for being guests today. We appreciate you taking the time and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We'll be back soon with further episodes. This podcast was produced by TransUnion, a global insights and analytics company. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of TransUnion, and TransUnion is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast.